how do you want to start this? Oh, you want gosh, introductions? Yeah, start? um, you'd like, welcome to the City of Grand Rapids local history podcast. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so welcome to the City of Grand Rapids local history podcast. I'm Matthew Ellis. I'm Jessica Kroll. I'm Travis. And we're here to bring you some local history topics. On today's episode, we talk about the USS Grand Rapids, the Grand River in Grand Rapids, the Works Progress Administration, and Matthew gets a lesson on vinyl records. Yeah, so uh, maybe about uh, two years ago or so, I had a researcher who contacted me and was like, my dad was the old mayor of Grand Rapids in the 70s. Um, he recently passed away. We've got all this historic memorabilia. Can we donate it to the city archives? And um, so I was like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so she came down and had all this stuff. And one of the things was a plaque with this little seal of the USS Grand Rapids. Um, And so that got me on this track of like, oh, I've got to figure out what this is, what this is. Um, And so I learned that... um, the USS Grand Rapids was dedicated in 1970. And so before it was dedicated, uh, some of the um, uh, servicemen who were assigned to the ship, they came to Grand Rapids. The lieutenant, uh, Robert Grace, um, who was kind of the in command, came to Grand Rapids and to uh, bring some support uh, for it, they needed to raise some money for some more amenities, like a stereo and stuff. Um, and so they came to Grand Rapids and had a fundraiser, and then they went on a steamboat ride on the Grand River. Um, where did they like? Where did they go on the Grand River? Where did they launch out of Grand Rapids? Um, so the the USS Grand Rapids launched out of Tacoma, Washington. Okay. Um, but when they were when they took the steamboat ride on on the Grand River, they launched the there's a little launch south of Wealthy Street Bridge. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. By the um, like by the railroad tracks and like the tr- the the yeah. train trestle. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, so so they launched there. That area is now um, a super fun site. Oh, oh wow. Okay. So. Very cool. So they uh, uh, they launched um, on the steamboat there, and they took a ride. And then, um, uh, yeah, it was a patrol gunboat ninety eight. That was its. That was its title. That was the steamboat. That was the the USS. The Grand USS. Rapids. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So how? Did, why did it get renamed USS Grand Rapids? They were looking for names, and um, Gerald R. Ford was U.S. representative, um, minority leader at the time, I believe. Well, he was he was a U.S. representative at the time, and. Um, they asked him if his wife could christen the boat, and since they were both from Grand Rapids, they were going to name it Grand Rapids. His wife, eight years prior, had already christened a boat, and apparently you can't have one person christen more than one vessel. That's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, I found that very interesting. Um, so they had his daughter, uh, Susan Ford, um, christen it. Um, and then... Um, Mayor Robert Bolins, who who was the mayor at the time, he proclaimed August 17th through the 23rd when the um, um, Navy soldiers were in town to um, fundraise for for the boat, PG-98 week, or the USS Grand Rapids week. 
So this boat launched out of Tacoma, Washington, but can you tell me about like what was on the boat? Where did it go and how long was it in service for? Um, so it wasn't in service for very long. It, it launched in 1970 uh, and by 1977 it was decommissioned. But it went to a lot of different places. The, um, one of the crewmen on the boat took a bunch of photos and he mailed them to Mayor George Hartwell a few years ago and they were they went to like uh, Greece, um, Crete, uh, Naples, Italy, where it was stationed for a while, um, Japan. Um, so it went quite a quite a few different places. And and the the crewmen took a bunch of photos of them sightseeing at at all like the different uh, places. So they've got ruin like photos of them in the ruins in Greece and stuff like that. So this boat has literally been all over the world, like the name Grand Rapids has yeah, literally oh yeah. traveled all yep. over the world. Yep. Um, and there was a quote that um, Robert Bolins um, gave during the uh, commissioning of the boat. He said, wherever this ship steams, the people of Grand Rapids will be aware that the name of our city is immediately associated with the smart, sophisticated Navy vessel of revolutionary design. Um, but it wasn't in service for very long. Um, I was going to say, do yeah. you still do you think that still holds to be true? Like, do you think that if I go to to Crete today, that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, absolutely, Grand absolutely. I saw well, that boat back yeah. in my day. They'll they'll probably know us more for beer and, and stuff now. <laughs> um, but when it was decommissioned, they they sent it to um, a Navy research center, and it became a research ship. So it was renamed the Athena Two, um, and it became a, a research vessel. Um, but it was in service for quite a while after that, um, or as late as uh, 2001, um, from what I saw. Do you know, is it still, are like any pieces of the boat still in existence or in use today? So in, in 2014, um, the city of Grand Rapids tried to reach out to the Navy to get a piece of it, but they weren't able to. But I believe that the Gerald R. Ford Museum has the stern so I'm, I'm guessing the wheel. Oh, that's cool. Um, so they had they had an exhibit for quite a while um, with photos and stuff. There was a um, when the lieutenant of the ship came to Grand Rapids, he brought two models of the ship. So I don't know if he made them himself or where he got them from, but uh, he um, brought two two of them with, and one is still in the Grand Rapids Public Museum. So people can go to the public museum to like, like, is, are there other artifacts there? Or you mentioned that the archives actually have some artifacts um, about and from this boat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the public museum has some artifacts um, and they have a, a great online site where you can, you can type, type in USS Grand Rapids and it'll pull up. It's got photos. It's got, uh, I think there was like a plaque or something that they had. And then we have... Um, when Mayor Bolins came back from his um, trip to Tacoma, Washington, to uh, um, commission the vessel, uh, he brought back a plaque um, the, that showed the seal um, of the ship. And the seal, it had... Um, I read what was on the seal. That kind of made me laugh. It seemed kind of, uh, I don't know, weird, yeah, to yeah. put it nicely. Like, like the, they're always... Um, Putting like these mythical creatures on all their 
all their seals and stuff. So it was a, uh, what I read described it as a sea lion. And it said a sea lion, a mythical creature with the body of a dolphin and the head of a lion. And I'm like, but a sea lion is a real animal. Right. The, um, <laughs> in its left hand, it held an olive branch, uh, which symbolized peace. Uh, and it had uh, 17 leaves, which uh, symbolized the 17 gunboats um, that the Navy had made. Um, and this was the uh, 16th gunboat. Uh, so PG-98 was the 16th in this line of, it was called the Asheville class, um, Asheville class. And then it looks like the ship had a motto, but I can't read yeah, what that uh, says. I don't know how to pronounce any of those words. Omnis space salutis in virtute. Uh, and that meant all hope of safety rests in courage. There's my high school Latin paying off. Uh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. So then it looks like the ship also never fired its missiles. or So it wasn't actually used for the war. Although, no, well, no. it was used in training, but never for war and Yeah, like it, it seems like it was mostly a training vessel, but it was never, never in the war. The uh, Vietnam was going on at the time, and so was the Cold War. Um, but the the USS Grand Rapids never got uh, um, in those in those conflicts. Um, the ships named after Grand Rapids don't seem to have the greatest luck. There was, a, there was a previous ship named the USS Grand Rapids during World War II, and it was only in service. So, so the, the, the second USS Grand Rapids was in service for about seven years. The first was only in service for about three. Oh, no. Um, Do you know what happened to that one? That it... So that one was actually in Lake Michigan for a while. It, it launched from um, Wisconsin in Lake Superior, traveled from Lake Superior um, to Lake Michigan, and then down to Chicago to the Illinois River, okay. and then down the Mississippi to Louisiana. And as soon as it launched from Louisiana, it ran into a lot of storms and was badly damaged, and so then it had to be repaired. And then once it was repaired, it ran into other problems, its engine failed, and so they decommissioned it. Oh, no. Yeah. Are there other boats um, or ships or vessels, like, currently named after Grand Rapids that you know of? Uh, I don't think there's any named after Grand Rapids right now. Uh, Gerald R. Ford, um, his name was just used to name the new class of um, aircraft vessels, I believe. Uh, the Gerald R. Ford Museum had a really great exhibit on that uh, that's type, awesome. type of uh, vessel. It was it was pretty cool. So, um, do you have lists of like? Do you know who who was on this boat? Was there anybody from Grand Rapids on this boat? Does it have other ties? To I keep calling it a boat. I mean to call it a vessel. Yeah, vessel but, or ship? Um, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not sure either which one to. Uh, <laughs> but do, do you know if it had any other ties to Grand Rapids, like famous people or? I I don't think there was anybody from Grand Rapids on it. Um, I there was some people from Michigan. I know for sure. Um, but specifically Grand Rapids, I don't think so. Um, I know the um, crewman who sent Mayor Hartwell the uh, photos, he's been in contact with the, the Public Museum and the Ford Museum, and so he's still really active in trying to uh, bring light to the USS Grand Rapids. I think he had a, a very special connection with the, with the vessel. Would you ever sail on a 
big vessel like that around the world? Oh, gosh. Uh, if I can get over my motion sickness, maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what about just from Lake Superior down to I down think to I Mississippi? Could do that. I, yeah, I, maybe. Like a... Yeah. One of those old-fashioned, like, what are the... The, the steam wheel. Yeah, yeah, the wheel. Yeah, that would be fun. Steamboat ride down to Mississippi. I think that would be fun, too. That would be fun. So, yeah, we, we've got a ton of different uh, photographs of, of the vessel at the um, Grand Rapids City Archives. We just had the uh, History Detectives program, and so it was six speakers um, on one Saturday who presented on a topic for an hour each. Um, and we, the City Archive sponsored a, a GVSU professor, Matthew Daly, who did a presentation on the Black Hills neighborhood. Okay. Um, so that was pretty fun. Called History Detective? Yeah. That sounds interesting. I like the uh, Black Hills neighborhood. Yeah, it's, it's, a neat, uh, it's a neat place. I don't know anything about it. It's, uh, Is it that was... where we recorded the... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. It was uh, factory uh, housing because it was sandwiched in between factories on one side, factories on the other, uh. and it's it's super secluded because there's only what three ways to get into the neighborhood, and like two of them are up dangerous, death-defying right. hills yeah. that are impassable yeah. in the winter. Yeah, and and prior to like modern times, there was only two ways into the neighborhood. Um, during uh, right after World War II, for a while they had um, little like I don't know Quonset huts um, for military housing because so many soldiers were coming back from the war that they didn't have enough housing to to put them all, and so they built these kind of almost like house slash tent uh, things to That's really house them over there. Yeah, and then those were all torn down, and now there's houses there. In, in uh -huh. space. Not one Quonset hut exists? I don't think so. Okay. Sometimes there's like the outlier, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, some. But it wasn't the only place in the city that they did this. There was, we found blueprints of where they had them all spread out in different parts of the city. Um, I've some, never even heard of that before. Yeah. Huh. The more you know. The more you know. Um, would those be reflected on Sanborn? insurance maps or not necessarily because who's going to insure no. those yeah yeah and and they, they didn't stay for very long long enough for them to be recorded in in that way we do have a 1955 aerial map that might show something like that but there's there's photos in the uh, Grand Rapids Press clippings some of uh, those aerial photos where it's a large format photo taken from an airplane I think is remarkable yeah yeah, they're 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 fantastic. Such a great resource. Um, they they show how entire neighborhoods were platted out in the span of just five or so years, and and filled full of houses. And and that would have been in the 1950s, post World War II. Yep. Just the yeah, influx yeah. of humans. Yeah, yeah. Lots of development. Uh, one of my friends has a house on the southeast side, and. Um, he was questioning, according to his realtor, it was uh, built in the uh, right in the early 1940s, but in his basement he has large steel beams, hmm. and and his thought was, boy, I don't know if that's the case. This might be pre World War One or yeah, two because yeah. wouldn't steel have or would steel have you know necessarily been around as a resource? 
And if it was, it was probably used solely for military purposes. Yeah, that they was, they had a, I thought. Yeah. That's kind of what he was thinking. Yeah. So he just got the junk metal. Could have been. He, he should contact the <laughs> City of Grand Rapids Archives and Record Center to see if there are permits on the property. Oh, I will let him know. That's very yeah. interesting. Because we might, uh, sometimes we'll show uh, that changes were made, additions and stuff, if people applied for permits. That's so, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, we just had uh, somebody contact us because they think a load-bearing wall was taken out of a, a property and they needed to know when it was when the addition went on, but we didn't have the permit for them. Oh, I was going to say someone's so, in trouble, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Um, but it looks like the the addition nobody pulled a permit for the addition. So, but we were able to find it using the assessor's cards. Uh, it's such a resource. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe an understaffed resource. <laughs> we have. Uh, we would love to have someone digitize all of our VHS tapes yonder. That would be awesome. But we just won't we won't get around to that, I don't think. It's definitely labor intensive. And it um, needs to be done sooner than later and you know, the longer you wait the the, the less harder it'll be. And it's gonna be VHS quality anyway. That's kind of stuff's coming back though. VHS quality, it's what people are editing their yeah. stuff in now. <laughs> what a world. That's funny. There's gotta be some engineer like just pissed. <laughs> like, I didn't spend my whole 35-year career That's for you guys funny. to go back to VHS. I'm going to go buy a Walkman and just start using that, see if I can bring that back. People aren't making VHS types anymore, are they? Or is it becoming like that? Uh, I don't... Like vinyl? Uh... Cassette tapes are for sure in. Bands cassette are releasing tapes, yes. new albums on cassette tapes. Yeah. Wow. VHS, wow. I don't really think so, but vinyls and cassettes for sure. That's wild. I have some albums that are, you know, new 2018 albums that are on vinyl. We have have vinyl. The Grand Rapids Public School music classes in the 30s had all of their music lessons on vinyl. And so we'd have, like, um, oh, like, uh, Pop Goes the Weasel on a vinyl record. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Um, I like those Leonard... Bernstein records where they're like, and now you'll hear right, yeah, the yeah. bassoon come in on the left right. side of the speaker. <laughs> yeah, those are great. But we have no way to... Uh, actually, we do. We, um, Tony brought in a uh, vinyl record player, um, but we haven't tried to play any of them just because we're a little concerned about the, the quality of the maintaining the physical record. What, so, what RPM are they? Like, are they 33s? Th- are they 78s? I have no idea. 45, maybe? Are they small? Some are small, some are big. Are the big ones thick, or are they oh thick? gosh, I'm not sure. I'm, <laughs> uh, okay. You're like, I have I two, didn't memorize the entire collection enough. <laughs> I have two pages of, that I prepared for, and yeah. you come at me with what thickness are these vinyl records that we're now talking about. I should have known. I should have known. Do you know the difference between them? I do not. No? I have no... Do you want to no, learn? Sure. Okay. That sounds so wonderful. 45s are the small ones, okay. and they have, like, the bigger circle in the middle. Okay. And if you have, like, a modern record day player, they probably don't come with an adapter. So that's where those, like, little weird-looking shape things come in uh-huh. um, so that you can play them on a record player. They look like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is really helpful for our, for our listeners. Oh, are yeah. we recording currently? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, well, it looks like, a, uh, for the listeners, it looks almost like a Green Lantern symbol or some sort of superhero symbol. A, a, or a, a mashup of a Wu-Tang symbol. I don't know what any of that means. 
well, what's your analogy? What does um, it look like to you? It looks like, I don't know. It looks we'll like cover my, the generations. It looks like my childhood because yeah. like my parents had these when I was growing up. So I guess oh. I've just been accustomed to it. But 45 spin at, you know, 45 rotations per minute. Oh. Um, and then the 33 and a third spin at 33 and a third okay. rotations per minute. They're a little thinner. Um than the 78s, which spin at 78 RPMs. Okay. And those are the big ones? They're not, they're thicker. Oh, they're okay. just thicker. Okay. Um, one of my favorite things to do, though, is play a 33 record on the 45 setting on my record player because they sound like chipmunks. Oh, it makes it go faster. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. funny. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. <laughs> Can you make out any of the words when it's that fast? Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's not too fast. It's just sped up just a little. sped up. Wow. It makes me clean funny. my house yeah. really fast, yeah. That same engineer that's upset about VHS tapes is pulling out <laughs> more hair. <laughs> okay, do we want to continue talking about this? Because I have another question now. Yeah. Okay. So, actually, I have a couple. Okay. okay. Um, Robert Boland's proclaimed August 17th through the 23rd PG-98 week yep. in recognition of the vessel. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me a little bit about him. So so he was mayor from 1970 to 1971, uh, extremely long term. Yeah. Um, he um, ran against incumbent uh, Christian Sonnevelt, and he was kind of an anti-establishment uh, campaigner. And he was in office for 14 months and then resigned. Um, the, it, was, it was right after urban renewal and right after um, the old city hall was torn down. And he had worked for the city as a building inspector for 20 years uh, prior to running uh, for mayor. And he, uh, I found an MLive article that said that he was one of the only... Um, city workers that called for saving the city hall. And um, so he ran and won, um, and he, he, was, he was a young guy too. I think he was either in his, his late 30s or his early 40s, um, and was in long enough to preside over the commissioning of the, of the vessel. When it was christened by um, Gerald R. Ford's daughter, um, Christian Sonnevelt was the mayor. And so they had two different mayors perform two different uh, parts of the, the process. Um, and then after he, his reason for resigning um, was he had a uh, sporting goods store um, along with being mayor. And he said that the part-time position of mayor wasn't enough to um, be able to do both, both jobs. He said it was, his health was too at risk uh, for for doing both. For a young 40-something-year-old mayor. Yep. But so he resigned, and then shortly after, they raised the uh, salary of the mayor. Uh, I, th I think yearly it was 1800 and then three years later they had raised it to 18000 Oh, my uh, a gosh. Year. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't have my uh, inflation calculator. Even uh, even in those days, though, that's a significant leap. Yes. Um, and so when his term was up, he decided to run again. Um, and it was Lyman Parks who had been appointed um, to fill out the rest of his term. And so he ran against Lyman Parks in 1973, 1973, 1974, I think. Um, and Lyman Parks won. 
how, what was that amount that you said the salary and yeah, what year? It was one thousand eight hundred in nineteen seventy, um, and then. So that would be eleven thousand eight hundred and sixty dollars today. And then the second was eighteen thousand in nineteen seventy four. And that is ninety three thousand three hundred and forty three dollars. That's a significant. That's adequate. Yeah. I think even today the, the the mayor would be happy with the salary yeah, just right. to that level. Yeah, it was a significant uh, significant leap. He's he he claimed when he when he decided to run again that the salary had no incentive mm. uh, for him to run. That seems uh, a little unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. But he he was he was in the city during an important time. There was there was a lot going on. Urban renewal. Um, the the city was growing like crazy. Um, the the freeways had just been built in the 1960s, and so the the face of Grand Rapids changed drastically. Um, and so I think I think it was really trying to discover itself again. Um, and so he was he was there for for that bit of time. And that was right around the time you said he was fighting to keep the original city hall. So was he mayor when the original city hall was torn down and no. the new one was built? That was his predecessor, Christian Sonnevelt. So I'm sure that when he campaigned, uh, that uh, was probably one of his talking points. Uh, a lifetime of hate. Everyone uh, everyone disagrees with that. Yeah, with yeah. That decision. Yeah, it's uh, it was a. Uh, it was a tough call. I wasn't even around then, but I think yeah. that I can agree that I would have liked the original city yeah, hall. Yeah, it looked beautiful. We've got blueprints um, that we've preserved. Um, it was a magnificent building. There's, there's one, I think it's in either Virginia or one of the Carolinas, that has a building that's almost exactly the same that was built by or designed by the same architect. Do we, so, do we know where the Grand Rapids ship went? Could it have gone to the East Coast with blueprints without people knowing? Mm. Oh, gosh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I it's know, a mystery. A little I know, controversy here. I know that when the um, when it was de- decommissioned in 1977, it was in Boston. So it could have made a stop in Virginia Ooh. to drop off... Uh, those valued plans. Well, let's look into that. Um, so let's go back to the steamboat that was on the Grand River. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did it travel the Grand River if the Grand River has dams? Uh, so uh, south of Wealthy, it it traveled mainly down there where there where there's not dams. Um, in in very old Grand Rapids. Um, before the dams, there was there was channels, uh, there was canals, um, where boats could could go and back and forth. There was a, a canal down where 201 Market is, uh, where like the Parks and Rec building and um, fleet and facilities are right now. That had a channel called Gano's Channel, and it, its purpose was just to take people from before the Wealthy Street Bridge to after the Wealthy Street Bridge. And I'm not sure why it was right there, but uh, that's where it was. And they filled it in. Uh, How long is that distance? Uh, not, that can't not be very, very not far. Not very long. Yeah, no, it wasn't a very very big channel. Interesting. Um, that particular area was um, populated by Swedes? Oh, gosh, I'm not sure. It, it might have been. Yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, 
um, one of the main reasons why some of the dams were created was to create an even surface on the Grand River so that uh, boats could travel. Um, before, it was lots of rapids, and um, so they, they dug a lot of that out to make it deeper um, so that boats could travel. Uh, and, and the canals on both sides, uh, the, the dams helped to push water to those so that uh, factories could run their machines using the water power. Grand Rapids was, was pretty instrumental in the early days of uh, hydroelectric power. Um, I think uh, some of those dams still exist, actually. Yes, <laughs> Just yeah. crumbling and destroying. Yeah, um, so the... Um, some some have been rebuilt. So there was the the Fourth Street Dam, um, which was originally built in about 1865, 1866. That was um, just a little bit south of the Sixth Street Bridge, um, kind of where, uh, or no, it is where um, the fish ladder is. Um, so that dam. That was a, it was originally timber crib made, and so it had kind of like a rocky interior and then a wooden exterior. And they, there's some evidence that it could raise and lower. Um, now I'm I'm not super sure about that, um, but that was uh, bits and pieces of it eventually during floods and uh, ice jams broke apart and so they eventually replaced it with the concrete one and that was during the 1920s 1930s i think um so part of it was 1915 and that was due to a big um washout of the of the wood and rubble um, that was used and then the rest was in Nineteen twenty-six. So it was replaced and then also renamed to the Sixth Street Dam. Well, there's there's some debate as to what its actual name is. A lot of folks reference it as the Sixth Street Dam, whereas all of the old maps and some of the local history enthusiasts within the city still refer to it as the Fourth Street Dam. Is there a Fourth Street? In Grand Rapids, that like, well, I know that there is, but does it oh, yeah, run yeah. over the river? Does it run near the river? It runs near the river. I think at that time it ran nearer to the river, but now. Um, yeah, it's a great office building. Yeah. 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 Class A office space. Yeah. Because Sixth Street is north of the dam, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when it was first built, um, there was no Sixth Street Bridge. Um, so in the 18. 66 when that uh, dam was put in uh, there was no there was no bridge there yet i believe so how far out did this did this steamboat go did they make it to uh to lake michigan i don't think so i don't think it went very far i think it was just in that stretch from kind of just kind of along what what is that chicago drive yeah yeah well market yeah so, so for decades, no one has thought it's been a good idea to, to maybe create a pathway for the river and boaters to get from Grand Rapids to Grand Haven? There's, there's been 
I've, I've found evidence that people bring it up every now and then. Um, okay. It, it's the same with um, railways, subways. Um, it's brought up every couple of years. Um, like every decade or every five or, or literally decade, every couple? Okay. Decade, okay. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I know there's not a lot of new... I mean, it's hard to have new ideas because so many ideas have been had. Right, right. <laughs> so that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So the steamboat was, you said it was south of the Wealthy Street Bridge mm-hmm. that it traveled. So I'm looking at a map right now, and uh, that does run ar- along, it runs along Market, which eventually goes to the Ford Freeway. How far do you think that it went? Because that's actually, that's a pretty big stretch. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how far it went. Um, Down to Jenison, maybe? It's possible. There was landings all along there. Yeah, there's a, well, there's currently a boat launch in Granville along yeah, 196 yeah. underneath the freeway. What do you know about, and did this have anything to do with the steamboats? Maybe they went by it or something, but the islands on the Grand River. I've always been curious about those. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know too much about the islands. I know that there used to be more... Um, and that um, the ones in kind of the center of the city, kind of where um, Fulton Street and Market are, um, those were filled in pretty early, um, platted out um, by the by the early founders, Louis Campau and um, those folks. And and right near. Um, kind of by the Blue Bridge, there's that little spot that's been an art prize favorite for years. Uh, that's the remains of 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 a structure. Is that correct? I'm, allegedly, I'm not sure. Yeah, allegedly, um, there's there's some that say that it's like one of the old piers of some structure. Some people think that it was just a marker, um, almost like a gauge for the river. Um, but there's old photos that date back to the 20s that show it there. Um, wow. And, and they show it much, much higher. Wow. Um, so I don't know if that's an indication of how high the river's gotten or how low the banks were at the time. Um, it's interesting to have that long, that long view, that long perspective. Yeah, yeah. I've seen uh, um, some herons uh, like uh, on that uh, little little island out there nice yeah good, good for yeah. them yeah it's fun it's been fun well, urban wildlife is great I, I some of the islands south of wealthy were taken out during the great depression uh, they needed to put people to work and one of the programs was to dig out those islands and so they kind of sectioned off pieces of the river to flow around the islands and then they moved the islands the, i'm i've not heard that but I mean, you can drive around the country and see evidence of the Civilian Conservation Corps. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the good that was done, both for those individuals um, to give them money, right? But but also to the, for the country. I mean, mm-hmm. there's structures at the Grand Canyon where, like, you're yeah. not falling into the canyon, taking a selfie because of right. their walls. Yeah. And I think that's fascinating and I incredible. Mean, and yeah, uh, that's and, that's how we got the Civic Auditorium. That's how we got a lot of the park structures, you know, the Wilcox Park structure, the Roosevelt Park structure. Really? Those were all work, Works Progress Administration programs. So, like, the steps on the south side of Wilcox were, were probably placed by 
steps, like kind of by the ramp of the Wilcox? Um, it would or? be it would be just to the north. Like Wilcox is kind of shaped like a like a an angle. Yeah. Oh, and it would um, be down by the plants or the big bushes that kind of form no, the half circle. No, I don't think those were. That's that, where the that, hacky yeah. stackers go. Yeah, that used to be a uh, pond. So oh. where those trees are, that used to be a, a pond. Okay. Um, so I think those steps were there pretty early. Okay. Um, but some of the other other steps, um, I, I can't think of where. Um, we've got photos of the, the Belknap Park steps being put in and and stuff like that. Those are those some are, steps. Yeah, yeah. Those I see people jogging up and down those. Oh, uh, the stairs on Division? Those are intense. I've done yeah, that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I... I, I took those once to Founders when Founders was in oh, wow. the old Brassworks building when it was you know just a little baby mm-hmm. and um, you, that was instantly regrettable <laughs> on the way home. I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> we made it. Riverside Park that was in large part all script labor, and uh, so they they cleared the land and planted lots of trees and shaped it to it the way it is. That's fascinating. Pretty, pretty much now. That's really fascinating. Um, they did. They did a lot. Built a ton of roads within the city. Um, it was it was a huge undertaking. Absolutely. Um, a generational good, though. Oh yeah. It's yeah, in, it's yeah. incredible. Grand Rapids was one of the first. It, it, it had its own script, so so people could take that to the city uh, welfare office, I believe. I'm not I'm not sure where it was located, um, and exchange it for potatoes and and stuff like that. But it was one of the first cities to do that. Um, before before the national script program. That's remarkable. So yeah, uh, uh, was Grand Rapids ahead of its? I'm getting a little off track. Ahead was of Grand its Rapids time? ahead of the the cultural time and in, in aspects like that. Yeah, I th- I think there was a a big sense of like public good. Um, we we were one of the first to do hydroelectric power. We were the first to do fluoride in our water. Um, and we were one of the first for the script labor. Uh, there were some real unarguable public good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe we were the first for the National Endowment for, of the Arts. Um, Would that have been the Calder? The Calder, Or yeah. Le, Le Grand Vitis. Yeah. Pardon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jess is uh, bored and wants to. Just, I, get you back guys to the know boats. a lot more about history than I do. It's be- so. A, it's because I'm older, but B, um, I, don't, I don't have a B. Well, I'm not a Grand Rapidian. I didn't grow up around here, so I don't know. I don't know a lot. Did, you, did I... you grow up around here? I did. I grew up on the west, uh, west, well, far west side of oh, Allendale. Okay. okay. So back when there were dirt roads uh, connecting Grand yeah, Valley to yeah. Lake Michigan Drive. So Nice. Some of them are still dirt. Some of them are still dirt, but many more are not. Yeah. So. <laughs> and now there's a water shortage in Ottawa County. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> they won't build more subdivisions without... Being connected to municipal water. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, it's a rough, are they it's a are they thing. looking towards Grand Rapids to do that? Because I know we have the Lake Michigan. It would uh, be silly if they did not. Yeah. But yeah, they're we're just kind of educating folks right now and huh. saying maybe you don't water your lawn. Yeah. Guy across from my dad waters his lawn. He doesn't care. The apartment complexes are constantly watering, mostly the sidewalks. Grand Valley mostly waters the sidewalks. Yeah. That's why I never water my lawn. Yeah, me too. That same here. Time. And, and the mowing factor. Like, I just push my mower around. And I don't want to push it any more than yeah, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I would water it if I found a trustworthy, not that I haven't found a trustworthy 
high schooler to mow, but <laughs> just, like, if I had are you a worried they're going to take the grass clippings with them? <laughs> no, I just, uh, you know, like if you say, yeah, it's not even a good mower. They could be a non-trustworthy person. I just haven't looked for a person to mow the lawn. Yeah. There's no reason to involve trust in that. I've got a lot of... I like my lines, though. They need to be... Uh, I've got a lot of brush in my backyard. I've got to find a bunch of people to haul that out of there. Hopefully you can find trustworthy ones. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I rent. I don't have to do yard work. <laughs> so you talked about what happened to the USS Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. but uh, and maybe you did answer this question already, but what happened to the steamboat? Like, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not sure what, uh, what happened to it. Nothing like the, what was it, over in Lowell where they had one on the river no, and it turned into no. a restaurant? Or... No, I don't. I, I never heard of anything that that happened to it. We didn't. We don't have any records of uh, what happened to it. The library might might uh, occasion a nice visit to the special collections over at the library. Um, is it is it possible that maybe they were repurposed or moved or somehow transported to Reed's Lake and Fisk Lake or something of that nature? Or were those different ships? That was th- the Ramona, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was the Ramona. And they just and sunk the, that. Yeah. They were like, we're done. We're just going to yeah. sink it. And I'm not and sure when. There. I'm not sure when they they sunk that or when and when they stopped doing steamboat rides. In Reed's Lake? But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. There was a, I mean, it was yeah. a, a park. Yeah. It was a um, you, festival, they used yeah. to have a roller coaster over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. yeah. My dad yeah. would, on occasion, would go there. and But yeah, there used to be a channel that would go right to, I mean, there's still the creek that connects Fisk Lake and Yeah, Reed's that's Lake, the Cold, Coldbrook, right? They'd cruise right through. Yeah. So It was a big destination. I, I think that a cable car went out there. But I'm not positive about that. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I know when one went up to uh, um, near Riverside Park, near the uh, Soldiers' Home. That was a big destination. They had a nice uh, a garden over there with a with a fountain, um, and so people took the took the railway car. Nice up there. The the what I like about this is that we're probably getting some of these details wrong, but the people that were alive and went to these places yeah. probably will never this is not a, an audience they that won't be able to so we can't correct be corrected yeah. we are uncorrectable well the, lo- the local history crowd is uh pretty tenacious in their fact checking so they're gonna in that case i welcome it i think we should be yeah. fact check we can do an update yeah. every you know next time we'll say yeah. hey this is where we were wrong and it will be the entire podcast <laughs> yeah so that, that's fine that's yeah. that's fine that'll we be a nice to correct things and we can we can read like uh like so and so on like the Instagram of, said the opposite of fan mail. Yeah, the yeah, the opposite yeah. of fan mail. <laughs> Isn't that hate mail? Loathe, loathe mail. Loathe mail. Constructive criticism mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how do we want to end it? Thanks for listening to our first episode of our Grand Rapids History Podcast. I don't like that ending. I don't either. Well, that's all, folks. And um, what about a song? The Grand Rapids song. I like Grand it. Grand Rapids. That's um, our podcast, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that was, um, what did you say earlier? Did you say, so how should we end this? Yeah. Maybe that's how we end everyone. Yeah. So like how that. should we end this? So how and should then, we? And then noise from the cafe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just taper off uh, yeah. us droning on about local history. I like it. I think that, that I mean, that's what I would vote for, but um, my vote doesn't count for much. 
that's how I would end it. And, and we can play around with the ending too. Um, or we could send since we trick uh, them. And yeah, it just never ends. Not end. Yeah, we'll just, just pick right going. up at the next one. <laughs> they're yeah. almost done. They yeah, they're almost done. <laughs>